So, Trisha, me and Jason were just debating. What? AOC. Pretty? Gorgeous. That's what I said. Jason's not into it. She's cute. Does Jason know how, I mean, I don't know. Do you know how attractive non-black women are? I knew she was going to say something like that. I knew she was going to say something like that. Hi, welcome to Outrageous, a podcast where we talk about race, media, culture, politics, and everything in between. My name is Chris. I'm in New York City, and I'm joined by my very best friends, Trisha in LA. Hello. And Jason in DC. Hey there. Hi, everybody. So, hi. So, this week, we are going to talk about Hamilton, which came out uh, now a couple of months ago on Disney Plus. And we finally bullied Jason into watching it. I've seen it now several times. Several? Several Uh, times, yep. Now that he's seen it, we want to discuss it. It's been on, it well was on Broadway for four or five years. When it came out, it was a sensation. It is uh, an incredible piece of art, but some think it's problematic. So we're going to talk about it. So I want to start by just... Jason, you're the newest one to see Hamilton. Trisha and I are old hats with this sort of thing. Because you saw it after all the hype. I want to know what your experience was going into it, why you waited so goddamn long, and uh, what you thought. Yeah, so, yeah, I heard about it, you know, when it, when it was huge. You two talked about it. Um, our friend Christy came to town and was talking about it and listening. Her kids were listening to the soundtrack constantly. So I was aware of it. I didn't have the money or the time to go see it in New York. So I didn't see it. I do have Disney plus through my free Disney plus through uh, because I switched to Verizon. And so it came out and uh, we watched it. I will say this is going to be cheating a little bit, but if we pretend for a second that it's not tied to any history, let's just pretend it's fictitious. Oh it is, is pretty, now I'll go back. I'm not going to completely skirt it. To, but it's also hard to hold this back. Well, here's the thing. And I think I told you to this. So when I went into seeing it, I went in trying to remain skeptical and resistant and I failed. I found it aesthetically, absolutely overwhelming. The music, the dancing, the rapping, the singing, the acting, the set, the costumes. And I am not a musical person. I am not. I, there, I, I only like two musicals now, Rent and Hamilton. That's it. Those are good ones. I know. They're Those ones are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you two would say that. There's the only two that I like. I, I don't, I'm not usually wowed by musicals. I usually roll my eyes. I was just blown away to the point that I've now seen it several times. Having and I have invited different people over who hadn't seen it to In see it with us. In the middle of a pandemic. Our kid, just a few. Our kids have seen it. Our kids listen to it constantly. They're constantly listening to the songs all the time. We're listening to the songs all the time. I'm not joking. I I texted you two about this. I still can't stop hearing the songs in my head. They're just like incredible. So that was my main reaction was just, it was incredible. Five stars out of five. Yeah. I mean, again, if we, if, if we can put aside for a second, the problematics, which I know we will talk about. Well, let's get to that. Okay. Let's get. Let's get. I've to been that. talking for a while, so you want to. You Trisha, should talk to next. did you like Hamilton or? <laughs> Have you seen I it, Trisha? Say, did you ever see it? <laughs> I will say I liked Hamilton, but I remember talking to a really close friend in the middle of the Hamilton craze, and she hated it. 
She name names. She was the no, only I one. Mean, like, I bet name she was names, the only please. One. Who was it? No, but you know, it was really interesting. She really hated it on like sexist grounds. Like she really hated the whole narrative around like, oh, we're going to go and conquer the earth and like manifest destiny, the whole thing around that. And like, you know, we're going to make, we're going to create our own, um, our own place in this world. And the women were all sort of sidelined and they were only just lovers. You know what I mean? Like she really saw that aspect of it and kind of just the male narrative, the hero narrative as really problematic. And at the time, I remember being really dismissive a little bit of it and of that critique, mostly because I was like, well, what you really don't understand is like, look at these, these are black guys, right? Like, so that was like the thing for me was like, I was looking at it really as more of like the form of like, these are black actors playing these fully fleshed out characters um, that they normally wouldn't necessarily get access to. And so I was really keying on that. But I think her point was very fair in general, right? Which is this notion of the male narrative, right? Mm -hmm. And like, and so for me, I was celebrating the fact that black guys got to get that narrative. <laughs> you know me, I don't like anything that's too overhyped. So I went to it and I was like, all right, let's just get this over with. Because when I heard the music out of context, because everyone on earth was listening to it, I didn't enjoy it because I just, I, I just didn't. Like it was no context to it. Sitting in the theater, first act, I'm sitting there after like the first two or three numbers, I'm sitting there and I'm just, my arms are crossed and I'm mad the whole time, mad, mad, mad. And so Joel's looking over and at intermission, he's like, are you enjoying this? And I was like, I am furious that I've spent so much money and time watching other musicals. <laughs> when people can come together and make something as transcendental as this, like I sat through crap, I paid hundreds of dollars. Like I'm furious that this is what theater can do. To say that Hamilton is an artistic achievement is to be uh, is, is to be really bare in your praise. Yeah. It is wonderful, and I mean, so just on its face, the music, the choreography. There's a YouTube video where. Um, What's it, Blank Blankenbuehler? Whoever choreographed it, he um, talks about, the, it's so deliberate in the choreography. There's one female in the cast. She's in the background. She's one of the, um, ca um, what do they call the chorus? Uh, she's the angel of death. And you wouldn't know this unless you really paid attention. Yeah, I remember um, that. Whenever, whenever this dancer touches a main character, they're the next one to die. Oh, I did not notice There's that. so yeah. much you don't know. There's so much you don't know, but it's so thought out, so meticulously produced. It's stunning. And then to Trisha's point, the fact there are so many black and brown people on the stage was just, I mean, that's life-changing for some young black or brown person who knows that theater's a thing but never thought it was for them. It's just life-changing in that way. And, you know, I, I've only now seen th that first cast. Um, you two, I think, may have seen other casts. And it may be the same. But what I can say, the talent of the people performing, if you could quantify talent, I, I don't know how you could ever quantify theirs. Like, the again, like, the skill at singing and rapping and dancing and acting is just, I mean, it's to me, it was jaw-dropping. It's like, how can she be singing that incredibly 
and acting at the same time and then like you know then do a bunch of like have a lot of physicality and still belt it out and i know people do this stuff in musicals all the time but i just thought the actors were unbelievable like jaw dropping okay i'm done now let's jump into people's problem with hamilton so hamilton when it came onto the scene in the Obama administration was seen as such an achievement, not just for the artistic, which we've gone on and on about, but just sort of like the quote unquote message, which was at the time I thought was vaguely defined other than just having so many black and brown people involved in the production. You know, I'm not sure what the message was that was relevant at the moment, but I think what people are reacting to now is that in some ways Hamilton is tone deaf or it's not the right moment to be valorizing these founding fathers, especially as we are in a moment we are reckoning with the statues that we do have up in the country and how certain people get deified in American history. So let's just jump right into that. Trisha, what are your thoughts about the Hamilton, the cancel Hamilton movement? I have to say that part of Hamilton's charm is when it arrived in our consciousness. I think what's interesting about Hamilton is that it really was reflecting the enthusiasm and the sort of hope and the promise of the Obama era and what we thought Obama's presidency could represent, right? It was representational, right? So it's like you could critique Obama as an American president, which many people try to do. And if you've ever been on a Twitter thread and it's about Obama and someone says, yeah, but he bombed this people. And he did. You know what I mean? There's always that because you can critique Obama as an American president, just like you could critique any American president because it's an imperialistic country, mm-hmm. right? So there's that. But then there's this idea though, that I think was always attractive for black Americans that you too could be part of America, the good and the bad part of it, which is the president part, like you could be the president, right? And so in many ways, the idea that you have these black and brown people performing the founding fathers when we had a black president felt like these things coming together, right? It was a perfect storm. And so all of that promise and all of that hope is kind of, for me, has always been wrapped up together in my Hamilton enjoyment. I will say that because I was making a pitch for Hamilton with people and why I liked it and when they were having problems with it. And I was like, you know what, that it's the possibility thinking around that for me, the world building aspects of it. That was really powerful. Now, I remember thinking to myself, okay, now I'm going to watch Hamilton and I'm going to feel really differently about it. Do I feel differently about it? I don't feel differently because I think those things were always there. It's just that now I can tune into them more and I can attend to them more. It still doesn't take away my enjoyment because I still think it's a wonderful piece of craft. I still appreciate the cast. I still appreciate all of that. But now I can actually like zone in on the critiques and I can actually live with them now because the moment is ripe for critique. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay. Like, I'm like, I feel comfortable critiquing it now. I'll be honest. I didn't feel comfortable the first time because I didn't want those people's opportunities to be taken away. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want those actors to suffer the consequence of us finally saying, let's have a reckoning. I was like, why you want to have a reckoning now? You don't want to have a reckoning when 20 other shows are on Broadway, but now you want to have a reckoning. No, let these Black people get their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that was really what was going on for me. And on that, yes, 100%. Because like those black and brown people are positioned in a way on Broadway that launched their careers that many black and brown people almost never get, never get. Um, Jason, I'm going to throw it to you. But just to that point, you know, you talk about watching it back then. You talk about watching it now, Tricia, and just uh, maybe not your expectations, but the way you're tuned into it's differently. What I find really interesting is that the conversation we're having about race now and the issues that are coming about police brutality and stuff were issues five years ago. Those were, I mean, these are not new issues. So, you know, people are like, well, Hamilton's wrong for this moment. I'm like, well, to be fair, there has always been anti-blackness in this country. Um, And five years ago was not some magical time just because Obama was president. Um, Maybe it was a little less blatant. It looked a little different, but those issues were still here. Jason, when we talk about the critique of Hamilton on these grounds, where do you fall? I mean, look, I think it has some big problems. And I, I, I do think it's a piece of art for lots of reasons. To me, it makes sense to continue to view it and enjoy it as long as we know the context and we know where it is um, wrong, <laughs> erroneous. It certainly does valorize people who were doing terrible things. And it is particularly ironic that it is then being, you know, played by descendants of many of the people who were the victims of those terrible things. So I could talk for a long time about that, but the two things that I am most bothered by, one is Hercules Mulligan. The fact that he was a slave owner, and not only that, but the musical really makes a point to say what his contribution was, which was that he was actually fighting on the British side as a as a spy for the Americans. Well, the way he was smuggling information back was through his slave. He was sending his slave back over to, to the American side. And the fact that, you know, it, the show would celebrate his espionage while erasing the contributions of, the, first of all, ignoring the fact that he was a slave owner and he was, you know, according to the musical, in this abolitionist circle, which we know in reality was not an abolitionist circle. And that, you know, his, it was his slave who was not mentioned in, in the musical who was really risking his life to help the American side. Like that really troubles me. And then the other thing that troubles me the most is Sally Hemings. You know, she appears very briefly in the musical. Jefferson, his very first appearance, says, Sally, be a dear and hand me that letter. And one of the dancers goes over and hands him the letter. You know, this is so, now Jefferson, they do, they are honest that he's a slave owner, but that's about as far as they say. I mean, Jefferson did brutal, brutal things. I mean, he raped Sally Hemings when she was 14. She was his sister-in-law, by the way. I guess in-law is not quite true because the law didn't recognize her as a human being, but she was his wife's half-sister, also the product because of rape his, from his, his father-in-law. Mother, yeah, his wife's father owned Sally Hemings' mother. Mother, right. Yeah. You know, the fact that he was, you know, he was brutal towards black people. And, and again, that she makes this quick appearance and it's kind of this funny moment when the reality is really quite awful. That Those are the two things, I know you're about to argue with me. Those are the two things that bother me the <laughs> That's most. literally the there, format of this podcast, so yes. There are certainly, there are certainly other things that bother me, but those are the two things that bother me the most. But I can't even, bo- I'm not even going to fight with you about it because you're right. You know what I mean? Basically... What happens is, uh, is America usually engages in forgetting, right? And for a moment, Black Americans participated in that forgetting on stage. And there's some seductive, there was a seductiveness to that. 
right? There was a seductiveness, even in the imagining of your, of, of black masculinity, uh, fully aligned with white masculinity, right? Yeah. Fully aligned with yeah. world making, you take what you want, you craft and you shape, you use war to do, do you know what I mean? Like in certain, in a certain way, that's the fantasy, right? Can I have, can I be America? Can I be the great story you tell of America? And so I actually think in a weird, in a strange way, it is a kind of personal reckoning for ourselves. Like, do we care about these issues if we could also be on top? If we weren't always at the bottom, would we still hold these like values sacrosanct or would we easily flip the script? To what you're saying, Trisha, yes, there are things that even in the world of the musical, the characters are doing that we might see as problematic that then we see black actors imagining themselves doing those things. But then there's lots of terrible stuff that the real people did that the musical is, as you say, forgetting. And I, those are related, but slightly different things. I think it's worth pointing out both of them because I think they're both problematic. I don't believe the musical's job is to tell accurate history. Like that's not a musical's job. It never, do it never did. Right. That's not normally what a music. I mean, hello, rent. <laughs> I mean, it's not telling even a sort of accurate story. Right. I don't hold it to that same standard. It's not history. It's a musical. I do think it's interesting, though, that I wanted to live in that space as an audience member and see those people as the fantasy. You're repeating what Anna DuVernay said. I'm just wondering if you saw her tweets about this. No, I didn't. Well, she said exactly what you said, which is like- And that's this, rare because I love Avery, but I, I hadn't read it, but- Yeah, she said, you know, this ain't history. I read history books. Like that, that I don't come to this musical for history. I have been struggling with this because part of me is like, is it important that when we show historical fiction, is it important for the movie to stop and for us to list all the atrocities of the people who um, in the movie? I don't know if- that's necessary. Then again, I remember seeing The Greatest Showman starring Hugh Jackman and was furious in that the way P.T. Barnum was displayed as sort of like this romantic figure when in fact he was a horrible racist who dissected black people for money, you know, in a theater. It, you know, he did all these things. And I remember how upset I was about that. But it seems to me I'm executing a double standard with Hamilton. Now, Trisha, you brought up Rent, which is not an accurate uh, comparison because rent doesn't actually do with historical figures. So my question is, can we tell stories using historical figures without necessarily being didactic? Is that okay or is it not okay? So well, I don't know about didacticism, right? Because I was thinking about how could Hamilton have been truthful and still be a musical? Do you remember the musical Caroline or Change? Yes. I'm, I'm mad about the pandemic for a lot of things, but that was supposed to be back on Broadway and it got knocked out. Now I raise this because that is a very truthful story in the sense that it really unmasks kind of the subtext and the power difference between black and white people, right? I mean, Caroline Our Change is a very complicated musical. It doesn't have a long run because it's not, you know, because it is, it is truthful and it, is, it is, makes people uncomfortable, just, right? Just to catch everyone up, Caroline Our Change is a Tony Kushner musical about a black maid working for a white family in the 1960s and uh, just the conflicts that ensued with that family and her position with the family, especially the children. And it really got into some uncomfortable moments yes. where the children 
really demonstrated their power over her, even though they were younger than her, but because they were white children and they could access their parents as punisher, you really saw that dynamics that dynamic comes out. And so I think to myself, you know what? Lynn could have complicated the narrative. He really could have actually. There's room for it because other musicals have done it. Would they be as popular? Probably not. Carolina Chains, well received, but not running and cost charging people arm and leg like Hamilton is, right? <laughs> <And> so- <laughs> it would have been if this hadn't happened. <laughs> Jason, respond to that. Well, I, so I, I want to always be careful and I know I can slip up here. I'm not saying, you know, Miranda should or shouldn't have a musical can or can't. You know, it's, it's not about that. It's not for me to tell an artist like what they can and can't do or should or shouldn't do. Look, there are a lot of inaccuracies in it that I think, fine, who cares? Like Angelica was already married when she met Hamilton. She had two kids, I think, already when she met him. And so this like, oh, I wanted to marry him. Like, there's a lot that's not true. She also says that she didn't have any brothers. She did have all of her brothers. The reason I am particularly troubled by the things I brought up is just that they are contributing to the forgetting that you mentioned, Tricia, which is, you know, to, to change something for dramatic effect, purely that is, yeah, we do that all the time. You're going to, that's going to happen. That's myth building, whatever. But to erase terrible things that happen or to not mention them, you know, it, especially with dynamics that, as we're discussing, continue today, I find it problematic. And to me, what's important is that, and like with my own kids, let's say, as they watch it, I think it's really important they know some of the facts so that they don't walk away from it and say, oh, you know, Hamilton was an abolitionist and an immigrant and pro-immigrant. Like none of that is true. And we have issues with, with anti-immigration and anti-blackness. Trisha had made a point in a previous podcast about myth building and myth making like you had brought up just now. There is a lot of power and necessity in myth making. So as was referenced earlier, is that the myth that George Washington was a black person. Like there's like the myth. Obviously, if you think too deeply, none of it makes sense, but that's also kind of the point. And I want to get back to my question because I didn't hear an answer from the two of you. What responsibility do artists have to tell the truth? Like what responsibility do people have to tell the truth? I mean, I remember when the the backlash started, there was a whole bunch of people who were like, well, why didn't he write a musical about Harriet Tubman? I was like, because he didn't. Like that, you just want to see a different musical and that's fine. But even Harriet Tubman, like, I mean, how how deep do we go with historical fiction? Again, maybe all that stuff would not have made a fantastic musical. Is there value in the fact that Hamilton slid over these things? I don't know. Trisha. What do you mean when you say truthful? That's a question. What do you think? So I think- How do you evaluate that? I'll be very clear about this. So- Mm -hmm. I think when we see musicals or any artistic endeavor about a historical figure, I think we're fine if you play with circumstance and if you insert something for comedic effect, da, 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 da. But I think on a certain level, we want foundational truth. We do. We, we want some sense of, um, I don't know if we want to call it truth, but we want some adherence to at least a line of who that person is, right? Like we want, I, I, you know what it is? I like to think about it as an adaptation. So for me, like we, I spent a lot of time thinking about this in graduate school. They were always talking about, you know, adapting a novel to film. 
And one of the things that they always worried about was like, and our perfect example, Chris and I, we used to be in a book club and we'd watch the film later and we'd talk about like, does it feel like the movie got the book? And it wasn't so much about the truth of the book that we were worried about. It was whether it felt, whether it was an alignment with who the characters were, how they developed. So you might change an instance here or there, or insert this here or there, but we always wanted to know, like, did you tell the tr through line of who that person was? Because that's what the adaptation is about. It's not about getting every single fact or fiction right or wrong. It was about how aligned are you? So if Chris becomes a miserly person at the end of his life, it doesn't matter how he becomes that, does he get there? That's the thing that we're looking at. And I think the same thing could be said about how you look at Hamilton. Like Lin-Manuel fundamentally changes a lot of our understandings of these founding fathers. Like he really does. And I think that's actually really egregious, right? If you don't follow up with reading history, sure. But you're, realistically your orientation about him is actually about some of the characters are really different. They really are like an abolitionist is not just an abolitionist just because you say they are like it really means a thing. So giving them that label has changed how you fundamentally see that person. Mm. Immigrant giving them that label has fundamentally changed how you see that person and understand their story. Hamilton or the um, Lynn Manuel actually took contemporary themes and inserted them into a historical work and then align them with people's ideologies in such a way that it was actually inaccurate. And I think that's a really egregious thing to do, right? As much mm -hmm. as I can enjoy what it did and as much as I could, he could probably have told the exact same story. Would it have been as compelling if they weren't named after these figures? Like, I don't know. Because the thing I loved was seeing powerfully well-conceived characters being played by black and brown people mm -hmm. in a space that yeah. normally don't allow them to do yeah. that. And he could have easily changed the names of all of those things and probably still would have gotten the same story. I don't know if the fact that they were founding fathers is what actually made me love it. Actually, to be honest, I don't actually think that was it at all. Honestly, I thought it was the discussion of the founding fathers and the way that the government works, or the, the way the early government worked in a way that was truly accessible. The fact that debate became a rap battle. Yeah. Talking about the nation's first sex scandal and the way that that was handled. Like that was, there was some real truths in there. And then there were liberties taken to communicate that. Now, was 100% of everything communicated? No, because this is not a history book. Is this as problematic as something as says um, Hogan's heroes were Nazis or lovable goofs? I don't think so. I think there is definitely, no, I think there's a spectrum there. I think there was a spectrum there. I, you know, we're, they're both dealing with myth building. Like Hogan's Heroes, people love that show. Hogan's Heroes was a show back in the 70s, 60s, about, um, it, was, it took place in World War II and the Nazis were like, sort of like these comical figures. You know, that kind of thing is really dangerous, I think, to talk about in history. But that's where we are at the Nazis, or at least we used to be before the president became one. Just the, the fact that we were very comfortable never valorizing those people. I don't think Hamilton is quite as problematic as Hogan's Heroes. I do think it's on that spectrum because what it does do is take these historical figures and make them really palatable to an audience. 
and it makes kids run around singing these songs, pretending like they are these people. And it's possible they do not have a full understanding. I said kids, but you know what? People do not have a full understanding of the history right. behind that. But you know, we had this conversation when we talked about museums, what we should be doing with art of this type is alongside this. And Lin-Manuel has done this, I think in some of the printed Hamilton books is to actually print some of the actual history so people have a background understanding. I mean, that's going to take effort on the viewer's part to seek that out and really attend to it. It's a little bit more work than just sitting on your couch or going to a theater. Pairing those two things together is important. But it sounds like, you know, the musical is based on the book by Ron Chernow, who, which came out, I think, in 2004. And when the book came out, I think some historians had problems with it because they felt like the book was valorizing Hamilton in ways that weren't quite accurate. And then Miranda based it on the book and then took even more liberties <laughs> to, uh, to valorize Hamilton in particular and some of the other characters. So I just, I just find that interesting. So you have a copy of a copy of a copy. But I do think though that- <laughs> a fun way to put it. Wow. Right. But I think what's interesting though about this question of valorization and myth building is the myth building is easy because it's actually not contrasting anything. We're only able to valorize the founding father because that's actually how history is taught. So if you offer up this musical as a contrast to what you're supposedly going to learn in history, that's actually not what happens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you see what I mean? I didn't get what you were saying. Yeah. So the idea is that if you go to a textbook or a history book or some other kind of book, you're going to get a more accurate. Hopefully, um, unless you're in Texas. But, but the reality is that American history is actually taught just like the musical does. We do, so, we do deify some of these figures. Yeah, yeah, like, that's absolutely that's true. Not even just some, all of them. <laughs> oh like, my God. We, we really do. And so, so this notion, I mean, I think that's also the tricky part of it is that where would you get an accurate picture? You won't. Mm -hmm. It's actually really difficult. And I think that's why for, for many people, they really struggle with Hamilton because you will say to yourself, oh, well, you can go find out. But the work to find out is actually a lot of labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it challenging and problematic. And I think that's why you have a, like a, this, this pushback right now because the labor that Lin-Manuel did for Hamilton makes it very difficult for you to take down a Hamilton statue. And as a matter of fact, I think people started erecting statues or oh wanting to name things after him because they had this like, oh my God, this, this new appreciation for him, right? So in a weird way, Lin-Manuel was like an extension of what you received of history from the history books and then also became a, a, a sort of myth-making tool for all these other spaces where they're like, we need to name it after Alexander Hamilton now, or da, 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 da. Do you know what I mean? Like, they weren't going to read the book. And so I think that is actually part of the reason why people really struggle with Hamilton, because it's made so attractive, the myth-making, that you can't deconstruct it. I want to, I'm trying to think of a question to sort of wrap up this conversation. I don't know if this is a very interesting one, but it's what's on my mind. 10 years from now, are we going to think about Hamilton in the same way as we did during all the hubbub? And I know that it's hard to future cast in this particular moment, but do you think this discussion of valorizing historical figures, where do you think it's going in regards to this particular work? It's funny, like Hamilton became so beloved and now is under attack. I don't, 
I can't really think of anything that's rotated that quickly in the public consciousness. I agree. The speed is what's interesting, yeah. right? Because you've got like Gone with the Wind, but that took a it took long decades time. It took for a people long... to, and that thing's racist claptrap. Right. You know what I mean? Like it took decades. Right. Well, so, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know about that. George Bush, um, his deification came back very quickly. <laughs> I mean, I think, um, you know what's interesting? But even that took 15 years. I don't know if that's the interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. Think about how we think about Trump now. How would you like to see a play like Lin-Manuel about Trump 10, 15 years from now? Forgetting the cages. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Drama. When I thought of a closing question, I thought of this question, but it didn't seem to be congruent enough because if the thing about the, the tale that Alexander Hamilton, the tale that Hamilton is telling about Alexander Hamilton is about dedication, about love, about, you know, pursuit of building a country. Like it's, there are, there are themes that are definitely there. I mean, if a Trump musical came out, I, I just don't know what theme you would think of that's very constructive, but I don't know. Whoever the Lin-Manuel of 40 years from now might find it. I can find that's it. A great, that's a great question though. Like, can we object to that on the, just based on the terms of the subject? We, 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 would, we would have no room to if it was made compelling. And I think you can, because I think um, I was saying to my sister was reading um, Trump's um, niece's book. Oh, Mary yeah, Trump's. Mary Trump. Take Mary down Trump's for family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually not a takedown because V says you don't read it as a takedown. It's actually an exploration of um problematic family dynamics and so if you made it because she's a psychologist isn't she yep yep it's interesting you can make it an intimate family drama where you actually really 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 go all the focus all the way in go in on the family drama and focus on the son who's hated the daughter is loved but then you really go in and you know you could do this because we do this with white people all the time mm-hmm. we, we could do it for jeffrey dahmer so we yeah, can pathology it's we pathology can, yeah. we can mythologize by actually making them so specific that you take them out of their historical moment and you really can with the trumps and so i can imagine you doing an amazing drama of a withholding father, uh, a somewhat dubious second, third, fourth, whatever wife you want to talk about, the elderly children who are constantly seeking his love and affection. And elder, children. <laughs> elderly. Oh, elder children, elderly, elder children, uh, all of them. You really could because I listen to. I'm already doing it because you know what we don't do hate me. Time. Don't hate me, but I'd watch that. Just because I'd watch that just because (laughs) the themes of family that you're discussing, like, you know, and this, it's funny because this now comes full circle. This is something that Trisha, I think you said at the very beginning of this podcast is that in the themes that you're describing are universal. We can buy into them. Look, the three of us, we all knew who Alexander Hamilton was before this show came out. Right. Did we know a lot of facts about him? No, because there was nothing that we could really hold on to there was nothing that we could relate to and that's what it took it took Lin-Manuel Miranda to find the themes that made sense for us today so that we could buy in so if there was a Trump musical just zooming all the way in that family dynamic about like like you said a withholding father like his incestuous relationship with his daughter his inbred children whatever like then that might be interesting to look at and, and you leave sympathetic 
to the children? I, I think I would leave with an idea of what that could do to people. Now, if that self-same musical then went on to weave inaccuracies into it, I think that would be problematic. I think that would really be problematic. But I mean, if you focused all the way in on just that aspect and stayed as true as you can, then maybe, I don't know, maybe. Jason, what do you think? The, the thing that, which you both kind of started with, and I, I do, I think it's a good place to end also. I mean, the thing that I find so impressive about the phenomenon of Hamilton is that, you know, there's so much hesitation to cast black and particularly dark-skinned people, period, in any role, including roles of characters who are black or dark-skinned, and especially in a role that is a, a white person, and so much hesitation about, oh, well, people come see it, right? And I think what Hamilton certainly demonstrates, if you cast great dark-skinned actors and singers and dancers, people will fall over themselves to see them, even if they're playing white characters. My hope is that in 10 or 15 years, Hamilton will look quaint because it'll be like, well, what was the big deal? So what? You had a cast of all people of color, big deal. That would be my hope. <laughs> I don't know whether that will be the case. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. That's going to be interesting to see. Because we're talking about representational art. And mm. I don't know if we, I don't know where we land with representational art anymore. I don't know if the moment has said anything enough about that. So uh, our combined recommendation is to see Hamilton if you have not seen it. I should have said that at the top of the show. If you haven't seen Hamilton, you should probably wait. But oh well, you've come this far. Uh, <laughs> uh, check out Hamilton. If, is, does it have problems? Sure. Is it incredible? Oh my God, yes. It is the best thing I've ever seen on stage. And I suspect ever will, honestly. I, I, I know, I know, but I, I could not imagine. Anyway, just Google, time. just Google the historical figures either before or after watching. Yeah, so that not take, before, after. Okay. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Take your medicine after you have have your healthy dessert after you have your fun <laughs> dessert. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and on that note, bye, bye, bye. bye.